Oldest and Spurs Cast, episode 585. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, ben and I are recording this episode immediately after the NBA lottery ended and the Spurs landed the 11th pick in the first round. Let's get started. Ben, what are your initial thoughts on the first lottery pick for the Spurs since 1997? It fell just about where we thought it would, so that much was great, I suppose. Uh, the only, Really, the only surprising thing was what happened near the top of the draft. Uh, the Knicks got nixed. <laughs> They're picking at eight. Classic Knicks move. Uh, that is karma for James Dolan, by the way. That's the only logic behind them never getting the pick they're supposed to get. Uh, and I'm sticking to that. So, um, you know, Spurs 11th, 11th pick. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in this draft. It might be a good opportunity for the Spurs to move up. It It could be one of those drafts where it's a lot cheaper to get a top five pick because there's no consensus and there's the top five there's no major difference as far as how people are evaluating the talent mm-hmm. in the top five picks so it, it, this might be the one year where it's easier to get into the top five if you're the Spurs and you you know you really like Obi Toppin or you really want James Wiseman or you really want Onyeka Okongwu and um and maybe packaging the 11th with uh, maybe like one of their with the 11th and one of their veterans maybe be that kind of deal or they would have to they would they would have to, they would be able to avoid putting in one of their young guys right one of the young prospects like Lonnie Kelton yeah, those, those would, kind of players you, you don't would, want to put exactly you definitely don't want to give up a young guy if you don't have to if mm-hmm. you can convince a team to take an expiring contract which there's four Patty Mills LaMarcus Aldridge uh, if DeRozan Opson and Rudy Gay and yes all four of those. If you can get someone to accept one of those, knocks, knock out some of your salary cap space, and you're, you're still good to go for free agency class of 2021. That's, I think really that's the Spurs have to kind of draft and think about that free agency class. They have to really go after someone hard in that class, offer them good money, or they, they offer kind of two better than average guys and say, well, we couldn't, you know, we, we made a run at a really at a top guy, couldn't get a top guy, so you know, we're gonna go one tier below. Yeah, for sure. And like as I'm just looking at the order now, like, you know, there's teams in there that are had a, that have been in the lottery for a long time. And you're right, if there's no like consensus number one or, or like, you know, top four uh, type player in there, and uh and some of those teams maybe want to push for the playoffs, that, 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 I think that that um you know, one of the Spurs' veteran pieces, core pieces, could be um, you know, you know, really intriguing to some of these teams if, if they package uh, that player along with the pick. So, so we'll kind of see my reactions were, were honestly, man, it was a kind of like a letdown. Like I, I haven't, I have never done a, a lottery as, you know, following the Spurs since, since I became a media member, obviously, you know, cause the age thing, um, you know, the last time they were in the lottery, I was like a six, I was like a sixth grader, I think, or seventh grader. So I didn't really know much about it because they got Tim Duncan. So, so it was like kind of a letdown for me. I was like, I was just watching it and, you know, Mark Tatum gets on there and he starts speaking and then it's like Spurs 11th. I was like, really, that's it. It's over. Like, that's all we got yeah like all i've been reading about or like writing about is just like oh there's nine nine point four percent chance of jumping in the top four and you know this percentage of chance and it was just like wow okay 11 just like everybody said so um it was kind of not as um i don't know i I guess like as hyped up as i thought it was gonna be um 
So I guess my next question for you is, you know, uh, now that we actually have a num- uh, you know, an actual pick, the 11th pick, and, and you've obviously been, been scouting all these players uh, since, you know, back in August, even, even last year for some of these players that didn't enter the draft last year. Uh, just give me your, some of your some initial prospects that you're looking at. You know, obviously you'll be doing some more deep dives and, you know, as things get closer to the road draft. Uh, just kind of some, some names maybe that are popping out to you that 11th slot for now. A lot of people have mock drafted uh, Aaron Neesmith from mm-hmm. Vanderbilt to the Spurs. I like that pick as well. Um, I think a good pick for them would be Sadiq Bay. It might be a little bit of a reach, but really, you know, how much are you reaching with anyone in this draft? If you think about it, you know, re- relative to the rest of the draft, it wouldn't be a terrible reach. Um, you, you got Patrick Williams, Devin Vassell. I think the, the Spurs, I think really need to focus on getting a good forward with the 11th pick. Maybe, maybe a guy who can play this year, that would be nice but understandable if they can't, if they need a year, just because they do have some guys on the wing that are, that are going to chew up minutes and it's going to be hard to find PT for those younger guys. And so a year in Austin wouldn't necessarily hurt them. And all of those guys are really young as well. I think Neesmith was a sophomore this year. I believe Sadiq Bey was a sophomore, but Patrick Williams was a freshman. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, these guys aren't, so old that they're not going to develop anything. And even Obi Toppin, a guy who's, you know, older than a lot of people in this draft, people don't realize, you know, you can still develop your game by the time you're 25, 26, even 27 sometimes. I mean, how long did it take LeBron to learn how to shoot? Right? Yeah. So people, you just have to give, you have to give these players a chance and you, you can't have incredibly high expectations out of the gate. That's, that's where things fall apart. Okay, so so okay, so, so that makes um, that makes sense there at the eleventh pick, um, someone who may not you know get, get a starting spot in 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 the lineup and things like that. Um, yeah, and you know I, I was just looking at what the what the ringer had, but you know obviously they they were just putting best prospect. They weren't looking at position. So you so you think because like they had six three guard from Kentucky, uh, Tyler Tyrese Maxey for for them, but again that was just more at um, best player available. Um, so so you think for sure the Spurs will probably look at, at more so position, right? Like like best player, but but at that position. Like they want to go after. Yeah, guard, I, I would imagine. You know, if yeah, they'll they'll probably take a forward there. I would imagine they take a forward there, unless there is just a point guard that falls to them where they say we've got to have this guy. If and I hate to say this, but if somehow a Lamelo Ball falls to them at eleven, which I don't think will happen, so everybody can calm down. <laughs> I don't believe that's going to happen. He will be a top three pick. And I also think he's going to be a terrible top three pick. Not quite Anthony Bennett, but he's going to be bad. Um, that's just my opinion. But, you know, you, you can't pass on him at 11. You can pass on him at one, two, maybe three. But really after four or five, that's not a guy you can pass up. It's just the value is just too good con- compared to what else is in this draft. Um, what, what about the big guys? Are there any like, um, in, in, you know, from, from, uh, in that lottery range, um, just big guys that maybe would beat out a Yaka Pertle for, for a spot or, um, uh, maybe like a Drew Ube. I mean, yeah, they're obviously going to be better. Than, you know, I'm just thinking about, could there be a big guy who gets into rotation, whether it's starting or being the big off the bench? What do you think? There are two guys who I think could do that, but I don't think they will fall to the Spurs at 11. And that's oh, Obi okay. Toppin who would probably play four. Really? He wouldn't mm-hmm. really play five. Onyeko Kongwu, another guy. He's a little undersized for center, but he could be a small ball five. Uh, he can space the floor a little bit. He's got a little bit of a mid-range game. 
potential to, to, to further his range. So, you know, I, I don't really think there's a big, a true big man in this draft mm-hmm. who is going to possibly take away minutes from anybody. And the one guy who might be able to do that is Vernon Carey, but that's not a guy you're taking at 11. That's way oh, too man. high for him. But if you can get a guy like Vernon Carey in the second round and steal him, I think that's fantastic value. Cause I, I, I watched him all year at Duke and he was amazing. I loved watching him. He's got a, he's got a pretty good motor. He's gotten lighter since he got on campus to Duke and he can run up and down the floor pretty well. Good screen setter has a little bit of range. Um, has shown potential to extend that as well, but he's got a really good uh, array of post moves that he can use. And granted with the Spurs, Aldridge would be posting up. So you wouldn't really play those two together. But I think if you want, if you want a solid big who can get you some offense off the bench, mm-hmm. that's your guy. Okay. So, so that's interesting. So yeah, so Spurs fans, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what happens with this 11th pick. Like Ben mentioned, you know, it's not there's not like an ideal player there right now so maybe they do look at possibly making some some trades to try to move up in the draft if like if they like someone up there in the top five or you know yeah so, so or you know they just draft that player and maybe he's not a player who immediately makes an impact and instead they have him play in austin for a year like we saw with kelton johnson for the majority of the season or with lucas Simonich. so so we'll kind of see um how, no i mean that's uh, let's move on to the second round real quick uh ben so the second round, you know, it's obviously really early. So um, I'm just going to give you some names that, that, I've, that I've seen on, on mock drafts for, for now. Uh, Desmond Bain from TCU. It's 6'6 guard, according to ESPN. Uh, Malachi Flynn from uh, San Diego State, Kawhi's <laughs> school. 6'1 guard from uh, the Ringer. And then also a C.J. Ellaby, uh, Washington State, 6'6 small forward uh, per NBA draft.net. So these, these are the latest mock drafts out of, after, um, as of today that, I, that we're recording this on lottery night. Uh, just give me, are there any players that pop out to you? Anything on those guys? Uh, potential players, Elijah Hughes, Reggie Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, if Jordan Nawara falls that far, he wouldn't be a bad pick. That's a guy who can give you some offense. Um, and Nick Richards, he's a big man who can help you protect the Ram. Um, second round, I really like Yudoka Azubuki. I think he's great value in the second round. Granted, he is, he is very much like Jakob Pertle in that he gets all of his buckets from putbacks and stuff around the rim. He doesn't really have post moves, but he's a huge body. He's like seven feet tall, 270 pounds. I mean, dude is unmovable. So if you can figure out how to get him to, I mean, he's very good at sealing people off. So if you can figure out within your offense, how to get him sealed where you want him and get him easy looks at the basket, Mm -hmm. that's gold right there. And he can, He's very good. He's not particularly athletic, but he's gotten much lighter than when he got to Kansas. I think he was 300 pounds when he got to Kansas. So he's lost some weight. He's, he's much quicker, and that, that's helped him play much better defense as well. He's not really a guy who goes up and blocks shots a lot, but he'll, he'll play solid defense. He'll, have, he'll put his arms up there, and he'll say, you've got to shoot it over. So I, I like him, uh, a guy like Reggie Perry from Mississippi State, uh, Mamadi Diakite from Virginia. Now, they had him playing center, but he's six nine, so he'll probably play power forward. Mm-hmm. But you know, there there are options. There are definitely options in the second round, especially if a lot of trades start flying around on draft night, and and guys end up moving to different places. So you have you you end up with teams with different needs drafting at different times. Mm-hmm. So that makes different guys available to the Spurs. 
Yeah. And, you know, and we'll see what happens, especially like uh, when it just go back to this past year's draft, you know, Quindary Weatherspoon ended up playing pretty well in the bubble for the Spurs. And now all of a sudden he looks like, um, you know, he might get a, a qualified offer uh, just because of hit the production that he had. So like, that's the thing about the Spurs team is that, um, you know, assuming they bring back Jakob and Drew Eubanks and, and you know a few other players that are that are that are free agents this coming off season, uh, there's they're going to be you know their roster is pretty much full when you add in this 11th pick. So that's another thing too is if they even keep the second round pick if they even sign him to a contract like they did, uh, like you, we saw that they put Quindary in the in the G League this past um off this past summer, this past season uh, with the two way contract. All right, so that's kind of just it, uh, Spurs cast listeners. Again, I just want to have Ben on here just to get his quick, um, you know, initial reaction because he's our he's our draft guy over at Project Spurs. Make sure you follow his work over at Project Spurs. He does a great job. Uh, he'll have you prepared for the draft. As, as we don't, you know, I was going to say it's coming up October sixteenth, but now all of a sudden there was reports this morning from Woj that um they, they may move the draft deadline along with the free agency deadline, so it may not. No, please don't do that to me. I can't wait yeah. anymore for this draft. I, I, were, it's got to happen, man. That's what Woj was saying, man. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll kind of find out. He was he was saying that that the that the um, they want to see how much revenue they actually lose and how it's going to kind of figure out for next year and so that way they can yeah so there's a chance that if the free agency gets moved back to maybe november or december christmas time is what they're looking at uh from from what i've seen uh, according to mark stein then draft would obviously it would move as well. So just a few quick reminders, Spurs cast listeners, uh, make sure you check out projectspurs.com. I know it's the off season officially now. Um, Aaron uh, Mullins, uh, latest piece is uh, a deeper look at the Spurs' playoff streak. Uh, I have my latest offseason outlook for the Spurs over on projectspurs.com that gives you all the cap breakdown of, of what's going on with the free agents and all that stuff. Um, best uh, Josh Paredes has the uh, best Spurs playoff performances from 1997 through, through 2001. And then, uh, Ben, you've been working on a series that's uh, very unique called Redrafting the Spurs, 90s edition, and you just released part two. Can you give the, uh, the uh, listeners, if they haven't read it, just kind of a little summary of what these, uh, these, these, uh, this series is about? No Tim Duncan. No Manu Ginobili. That's what the, the part two is all the drafts from 95 to 99. I, I forced myself to redraft them. Obviously I would never redraft Tim Duncan if given the opportunity, but for the sake of the exercise, I've redrafted Tim Duncan and the Spurs <laughs> ended up with prime T-Mac. So, you know, it's not terrible. T-Mac's a hall of famer, right? That's, that's got to count for something. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really liked uh, how your last series too was. Uh, when you're throwing some names out there that I hadn't seen in years, I was like, man, I forgot those. This first draft of this guy, and this guy, it was just bringing back a lot of memories. I should go digging for some of those guys. I yeah. I forgot they existed. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, so Spurs cast listeners, make sure you check that out as well from Ben's uh, Ben's work is latest. So thanks again to Ben for for joining me here on the Spurs cast. Um, thanks also to Michael Dillon for producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.